Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to the Your Own Sports Podcast. Tuesday, December 27th, 2016. Frank Arone here, one half of the Arone Sports crew. And uh, just got done with Christmas weekend here, week 16 in the NFL. Heading right into uh, New Year's weekend. Coming up next week, week 17. Hard to believe the uh, NFL season's already coming to a close here, at least the regular season. Uh, a little programming note we will be having uh podcasts here throughout the playoffs and maybe do a little i know on that two-week break there between the championship sunday and uh the super bowl there's an off week there so maybe we'll do a little uh prop podcast or something along those lines to, to fill that gap but anyway let's uh for the first time here uh, both in the the same state Let's bring in, instead of going all the way out to Vegas, let's just go to the uh, other side of the room here and bring in Rob. Robert, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. <laughs> Old uh, Minnesota weather and nice and cold. But nice to be back for Christmas and see all the family and, and what have you. So glad to, glad to be back. Yeah, it's uh, it's been good. It's been fun. Like you said, the holiday season's always fun. Kind of see, uh, see a lot of family and... And uh, take a little break from the uh, everyday grind, but uh, as you know, you know the sports betting really never stops. You know, there's been games, bowl games, uh, NFL games, basketball, college, and pro. It's uh, kind of a nonstop grind here. But uh, first of all, let's uh, start off the podcast how we do all the time. Let's uh, look back to Week 16 and do a little weekly recap. The weekend recap. All right, Rob, so how did Week 16 as a whole treat you? Uh, it was just a little bit of a juice loosener type of type of week. Had uh, some pretty bet, some bets I felt pretty confident about. and Had Arizona plus 8.5, and, and they ended up winning outright. That was one of my plays I liked a lot right away. That was just too many points, and uh, obviously that uh, was, was correct just by the, the final outcome there. And then... Uh, Snuck out a win with Houston. I think we were we were both on that. I think that's your pick of the week, and you had a I think a unit and a half play on that Houston. We got there before the big move move from Houston pick one somewhere in there and closed at about Houston three. So again, just like we talk about all almost every week about the importance of the number. Granted, since he did make the or missed that field goal with time expiring, but even then, you know, the final score twelve ten Houston and uh, better early in the week at Houston minus one pick. One and a half somewhere in there, you would have cashed, and if you would have bet it right before kickoff at three, you would have been a loser. Two and a half, you would have been a loser. So, just you know, again, shows you the importance of the number. So we kind of got pretty lucky there with that one. But I also had the the over, which was not even anywhere close, and a really bad bet. And and same thing with that Indy against uh, Oakland, even though they did have a little bit of a comeback there towards the end. But two really bad picks, but you know, luckily only put a unit on them, and uh, still only lost a little bit this weekend. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I uh, ended up. I actually had a pretty, uh, pretty abundant card there. I had five plays total, and ended up going three and two there with with the like you said that Houston at, at a unit and a half play, um, counteracting the juice and then some little bit. So I uh, can't complain. Uh, on the season now, I'm up to almost nearly 58 percent and just over six and a half units profit. So it hasn't hasn't been the best NFL season. Not nearly as good as last year, but. Anytime you can, uh, you know, not not have a great year or everything's not really going your way, and and, and still be up uh, at this ballpark, I don't feel too bad about it. So, uh, you know, it's has, has over all in all, it hasn't been too bad. And, uh, it's kind of strange we only got one week left here, but and, and a week where 
there's really not a whole lot um, at stake in, in most cases. It seems it seems like it's been uh, most years. It seems like there's you know obviously a handful of games that are pretty relevant, but this week seems like it's uh, kind of extreme, and that the AFC playoff pitchers um, generally set for the most part, and in the NFC there's only a little little bit to be decided. But uh, you know anyway, let's uh, jump right into it here and look at uh, which games we think uh, we might have some intrigue on. I think this will be probably the most uh, truncated, br- briefest podcast we've, we've had here to date this far. So let's uh, get right into it and see if there's uh, anything that jumps out at us. Uh, first up, back to fairly normal scheduling here. There's uh, All the games are on Sunday, which is New Year's Day, and uh, most of them are, are noon games with the uh, what, what five late games there, and then uh, and then a Sunday nighter. So back to a pretty pretty basic schedule in here. But the first game we got on the board is uh, the early game is uh, Houston at Tennessee, which was potentially going to be very meaningful based on the results last week. But Tennessee blowing that uh, that game to Jacksonville and and Houston sneaking by Cincy there made this game uh, irrelevant. So it uh, looks like we, we, did, we skipped the uh, guessing the lines this week just based on the, the wonkiness of the week and the fact that um, these lines are almost all based on motivation and which teams are likely to compete. It doesn't really have nearly as much to do as power rankings or how good or bad uh, teams are on paper with their maximum effort as, as a normal week would. So the whole purpose of the guessing the lines and trying to figure out uh where we think they should be lined at it could have been not nearly as beneficial as it would on a normal week so we just skipped the guessing the lines altogether. so i'll basically just tell you the game and uh looks like where it's at now and then you you can tell me where it, where it opened at and, and then we can go from there so this houston tennessee game it looks like it's sitting right now at tennessee favored by three pretty much across the board uh, where where did this one open Yes, Tennessee opened three minus one twenty. A little bit of money, quick to towards Houston two and a half, and then yeah, kind of getting bought back up to three. So hasn't had a whole lot of movement here, and uh, it's you know this is a game that's pretty tough. Like you said, it's all motivation based. You, Tennessee, you have Castle now at the at the helm and of the Titans and division game, and yeah, it would have been a really interesting matchup. Uh, have they won? Had either the teams flipped their their victory, not won, or had one? Tennessee not uh, had one, or Houston not won? Then yeah, like you said, would have been really interesting. But it's uh, a low total sitting at 40, and not a ton of movement. Like I said, with the, with the line, and this would be not not much here for me. I don't really know what to make of it, and maybe if I hear something later in the week. But at this moment, I, I have nothing on the game. Yeah, uh, as neither do I. Um... I think right now where the Texans look like they're pretty much going to be the four seed uh, unless Pittsburgh blows their game to Cleveland. Um, I'm not sure how the tiebreakers would work there because they haven't played head-to-head. I'm not sure if they have a potential to jump up to the three spot or not, but I think it's pretty unlikely that Pittsburgh blows that game to Cleveland, although they might not be uh, trying you know, anything on that if, if uh, Houston's capable of jumping up to the three seed or you're not sure how the tiebreakers would break down there either. I'm not sure. Uh, it goes deep to you know common opponents and stuff like that, and I haven't. Uh, I don't have it in my notes here what that would be. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty unlikely to happen anyway. So, but based on this line, um, it's looking like I don't think Houston's going to be all that motivated to win because with Castle in there, you'd expect like I could see this line being about three with a healthy Mariota, and if if both teams were trying, you know, five weeks ago. So the fact that this is uh, lined at three here in Tennessee's favor with Castle at the helm uh, indicates to me that you might not be getting the most motivated effort from Houston here. So, uh, yeah, don't really have any anywhere to go with this game either. The uh, next game up we got here is Buffalo at the New York Jets. Uh, the Buffalo freshly off firing Rex Ryan here this morning, which isn't all that surprising, but it uh, seems like they sure go through coaches pretty quick, that's for sure. Um, he only, I don't know how long he was there for what, two, two years, three years, something like that, but didn't, uh, didn't get him back in the playoffs and thus got the boot. So 
Uh, they're they're kind of an interesting team though in the years to come. I think they do have some talent if they can get the right coach in there or make the right pick or two. Um, I think they could be kind of interesting going forward. But in this matchup here, it looks like uh, it's sitting at about Buffalo favored by three and a half, pretty much across the board at the Jets. Where uh, where this one open? Yeah, Westgate had this one open at six and uh, had it there all day on the twenty sixth. So yesterday, uh, Monday, and then it must have been from that news because right around that time, yeah, eight fifty. Pacific time or so, it's uh, then starting to take some money, and then, yeah, like you said, bottle way back down to three and a half. So I would assume that's just from that, that head coach firing. You know, usually teams get a little bit of motivation if they get a, a head coach fired, even if they do like him or don't like him. It's more just a, you know we're gonna kind of switch up here in the offices as we can, you know, want to you know play our hearts out here, not not play our hearts out, but, you know, try a little bit harder just to when a, when a coach is fired, just from this change of atmosphere. So. And the other thing I was going to say from the the firing of of Rex, he surprisingly they kept his uh didn't keep his brother Rob. Uh, he got he got the can as well. The the defensive coordinator obviously uh, with New Orleans uh, last year, and he brought him on this year. And uh, it'd been pretty funny if they would have fired him and, and his brother would have stayed. And even though it's been pretty pretty horrific efforts on the the defensive side, but uh, so now anyway, both those guys are both gone. But from a side perspective here, total it's. Another game I really have no opinion on. I think we're getting a lot of this, a lot of that this week. I mean, even if you do have an opinion, you'd really have to wait. I think later in the week until it kind of gets validated or you hear some more stuff. So I uh, don't haven't heard anything yet and don't really have any anything to say about this game um, uh, at the at the current price. Yeah, the the line move is kind of interesting to me. The fact there's been Jets money and it's got bought down because usually when a coach gets fired, I know some pretty sharp people that. Uh, are, listen to and follow and whatnot say that, you know in those situations it's pretty much either you buy the team that fired the coach or you stay away from the game altogether so the fact that there's been a somewhat of a flood of money against buffalo or towards the jets is a little bit surprising to me it looks like it could be uh i think it might be more ej manual related because i think he's gonna be starting for buffalo they're just gonna be sitting tyrod taylor down um as a healthy scratch i believe just because there's not a whole lot of reason to play him necessarily potentially get hurt with how um you know much he tends to, to scramble and and move around he's a little bit more likely of an injury risk i think and especially in a meaningless game there's not a whole lot of point to play him so yeah the other quarterback is fitzpatrick in this one and uh, not bryce petty so i don't know if that <laughs> helps or hurts or if it's any different or makes a difference or whatever but just uh both those are notable so uh, what's kind of surprising from a few weeks ago, you're getting an EJ Manuel Ryan Fitzpatrick matchup with uh, a Rex Ryanless Bills team. Uh, a lot of interesting variables there. Yeah, and like, like you said, it's kind of crazy how the money came in um, about that. But like I said, it is right around when that came. That um, right when at least when I heard about it or saw it from from my phone, and I got a notification of that firing. So I don't know if it was completely. Uh, independent of that or not but it is uh it is kind of weird but like you said yeah it usually goes the opposite way or, or not at all so yeah it is a little strange something to keep uh keep an eye on if there's something fishy going on behind the scenes there it would make sense if it coincided with the ej manual being announced as starter because I, I think that's a healthy downgrade of a couple points from yeah I agree so anyway yeah no no real opinion on this one i don't really want a part of either team at, at that price so uh, next game up we got is Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, another one that was potentially meaningful as or as uh, recent as last week, but looks like it's pretty relevant now with Baltimore's playoff chances gone after they lost to Pittsburgh last week, and and Cincinnati's been pretty much dead for a while now. So uh, looks like we're sitting at two and a half, two uh, across the board here in term, and Cincinnati being the favorite. Uh, what did you have it open at here? Has there been any moves or anything that's uh, happened so far this week? Yeah, pretty much a dead dead here. No, no movement whatsoever. Westgate open two and a half and still sitting out there right now. So nothing at all. Um, I, mean, I don't know. This is don't have a, a huge opinion on this game, but I, I do. I would take a good look here at Cincy, laying less than a field goal here after Baltimore basically played their hearts out last week to get into the playoffs against Pittsburgh and was looking pretty good, and then ended up just blowing it or not winning essentially so i you know this this is gonna be a tough spot for them i think position wise and you know, less than that field goal and basically like a pick em type of game without home field advantage involved so um i don't really like since you laying points here but they uh lost against houston last week and 
didn't really have too good of an offensive effort, so I could maybe see him coming out here and trying to prove something a little bit, just to get a little bit of a uh, little you know, higher, higher their uh, encouragement and stuff, motivation uh, going into the the off season, try to, to prove a little something to themselves type of type of thing. So I, I like Cincy here maybe a little bit, so I might uh, be watching this line and, and number and seeing what I can hear out of the locker room the rest of the week and maybe maybe put a play on it. Yeah, I was kind of thinking similarly in that um, even. Even though we got there last week with Houston, um, that wasn't totally necessarily justified or, or deemed right. But part of that handicap was betting against Cincy after they play in Pittsburgh the week before and was kind of like their uh, artificial Super Bowl or, or what have you, where they would have put in, put in a bunch of effort in. There's potential for a little bit of a letdown. I think the same kind of applies here with Baltimore. Uh, last week was kind of their... Uh, their Super Bowl and in essence and kind of back against the wall effort against their biggest rival for uh, potential to somewhat take control of the division a little bit and and keep their playoff hopes alive and uh, they put up a pretty good effort a better effort than I was expecting but they did fall short there so uh, now traveling to Cincy and what's a meaningless game um, I could definitely see this as a pretty big letdown spot or they might just pack it in early and uh, Flacco is safe as a quarterback, and Harbaugh is safe as a as a coach by by everything I've heard. So uh, I don't think they'll they're uh, in need of a of a great effort there, and they're pretty pretty uh, high level comfortability in that organization. Whereas Cincinnati seems like there's been rumblings of Marvin Lewis being fired almost every year. So I don't think his job's safe for sure. But um, if one of these coaches were more likely to be let go, I think it's Marvin Lewis. So. Uh, if anything, I think there's going to be a little bit more sense of urgency, if any, out of Cincinnati. And I don't really think there's a whole lot of difference in the two talent levels of these teams either. So uh, anything under three looks a little cheap to me. And I don't feel uh, – I, I, I never feel too confident when, when motivation's in question in terms of you know laying a multiple-unit play or, or large sums of money. But I think sort of Cincinnati might be uh, worth a look here. I just want to add too. I didn't think they'd have any look ahead lines, but they actually did. I did find uh, some look aheads for it from the Westgate. So on, on this game, they actually had Baltimore minus one and a half, which you know, just we kind of already said it and understand why the the difference in move or what it opened at. But obviously, just because of the Baltimore loss, they're out of contention. Where this could have been a really big game for them. So move from a minus one and a half, and now like I said, Cincy minus two and a half. So just a pretty big swing, and you know, not I think it's rightfully uh, you know, up there for that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next game up here is Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Uh, looks like this is sitting Indy by four and a half, uh, five here, pretty much across the board. What do you got on this one? Yeah, um, so an open Indy minus six is with the opener at the Westgate, and a little over an hour, hour and a half, and moved down to four and a half. So this might be a type of thing too. Kind of like we said this, I think it was last week when Westgate kind of was very. Uh, different from the market, and they just try to get some action on the side that they know they're going to be needing. And you know, Jacksonville has been a bet against type of team, so that's what they're probably doing here: put a high number that they what's higher than the rest of the market, take a few bets, and then go down to uh, where the market's sitting. And like you said, sitting at four and a half, and that's where they are now. So I don't know if that's a really true opener per se. So I think that's uh, not a whole lot of movement I would say on this game from what I'm, I'm looking at here. Um, in the look ahead, Indianapolis is actually seven and a half minus seven and a half uh, from the week before at Westgate. So another another big deal because Indy, if they would have won their game, another one that could have been uh, potentially been big if Houston would have lost. But um, it, I mean, here it's just tough. You have Jackson looking off a big win, <laughs> uh, sky high, and good for them. You know they've had a few been pretty close all year long, and you know. Give them their credit, but at the same time, it's I don't know if it's really a team I want to be backing either. Uh, I'm sure they'll be, I'd say probably close to a peak peak effort they'd probably have. They want to go in into the off season strong, and then Andy, you're not really sure how they are after they busted their playoff hopes and everything after their their loss against Oakland and kind of got embarrassed a little bit. So, you know, it's really tough to figure out how how their motivation is going to come out. But I think I would a uh, pretty easy stay away here. Yeah, I'd be almost tempted to to get on Jacksonville. Just thinking that Indy might be packing it in after last week once they had their playoff hopes demolished too. But the one thing that gave me a little bit of pause there is um, Jacksonville last week was playing 
after a coach got fired, like we mentioned briefly with Buffalo, is usually that's kind of a, a good spot for him in terms of you should get a pretty good effort from a team, especially after a coach is fired. And Jacksonville had come out with a pretty good effort last week after Bradley was let go and uh, beat Tennessee. So this is usually a, more of a one-week deal. It's not like the team has a sustained effort after a coach is fired for, for a long period of time. So usually it's kind of a it's a pretty short-term duration there where they get that bump, and, and this could be a spot where uh, they gave all their, all their effort last week, and now they're just ready to pack it in, and, and that effort level goes back down to normal or even below average. So um, obviously if, if the – Motivation is equal. I think Indy's a, a much better team, but uh, with, without knowing more, um, uh, it's pretty easy for me to not get involved in this one. So I'll let that uh, let that one be. Next game we got up is Dallas at Philadelphia. Uh, looks like Philadelphia is three and a half across the board here in a game that Dallas already has home field clinched and the number one seed throughout the the playoffs on the NFC side. So. I haven't heard yet if Dallas is going to be playing their starters or resting them. I'm not sure exactly what their approach is to, to the situation because they haven't been there in a, in a long time here. So uh, I'll have to wait and see here uh, until we find out more about what their approach is going to be like and how they take on this game. What uh, what's have Anything happened in this game yet? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Westgate opened this one at Philadelphia minus six, and that was at, uh, yesterday morning. They opened that up, and then... And then early this morning they moved it to minus two, and then they got some money to buy it up three, three and a half, four, four and a half, even as high as five and a half, and then now you got some buyback on Dallas to get back to four, three and a half. So it's like kind of a little bit of a roller coaster ride with this one. I think that just is a pretty good uh, indicator to how hard it is and tough to figure it out here, because just with every little bit of information you you move the line so much and um, look ahead on this one. Uh, Dallas ahead at minus one from the week before, so I mean, I just just judging off of that alone, it's just so tough. That who's going to play for Dallas? And even if they are sitting people, like uh, I mentioned and heard yesterday, but they they only have so many people on the team. You know, 53 man roster, I think it is, and it's you know, some even if they they can't rest all their starters essentially, so you still have to have some of the starters play. It's just a matter of which ones, and you know, it makes becomes a difficult decision to not only as from a coach or a player's perspective, but obviously as a handicapper to try to figure that out. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of movement even right now as I'm looking at it, bouncing from three and a half to four. But I just, uh, I, yeah, I'm just gonna be staying away here pretty easily in this game. Yeah, I have no opinion. The <laughs> uh, game really really search for an angle unless we find out that I think if you found out at some point this week that Dallas is going to be basically resting everybody and, and not trying whatsoever, then you maybe look towards Philly, but even then you're going to have Romo in there. And, uh, uh you know, if there's a chance that even if, if he, even if he's in there, you're still getting a much better quarterback than Wentz. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe Dallas is worth a look, anything over three, just based on that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it sucks. That's one thing about uh, where the point spread comes into play, and especially when unmotivated teams is you know your your motivations as a better aren't necessarily aligned with the motivations of the the people, the players, and the coaches involved. So it makes it pretty difficult there unless you can have a better understanding of uh, what they're exactly trying to accomplish. So yeah, no opinion on that one really either. Next game up here we got is Chicago at Minnesota. Looks like we're sitting in Minnesota, five, five and a half across the board. Anything on this one? No, I opened five and a half and went down to five. Not much movement there. And look ahead was line was Minnesota minus five. And this is not really even a game where oh, I'm not really sure the two teams and their motivation is more just I think this line it's pretty it's lined uh, pretty correctly for the most part. I think it's pretty accurate. So I I know I think about all I need to know for this game, um, from what Chicago and minnesota has but i uh i think it's lined pretty pretty well i think if anything i'd have a very very small lane to chicago getting the points but they kind of uh looked halfway decent in recent weeks but um i, I don't know if i someone i want to back right now and uh they look you know kind of got embarrassed a little bit against washington last week uh, losing 
uh, 41 to 21. So might uh, might be a thing where they had a little couple game spurt there, and I just don't know. I don't really know what I'm getting with that team exactly. And, and Minnesota obviously has had their struggles, and so I don't know if I want to be laying this many points, even though they are at home, and I give them one of the biggest home field advantages in the league. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I would have loved Chicago here, uh, getting this many points. Uh, just that Barkley was playing pretty well, and, and the Bears team was a little bit underrated. But now uh, Barkley last week was just just abominable, throwing five interceptions against Washington, and and the week before throwing three interceptions against the Packers. So um, coming off eight interceptions in the last two games along with the that Bears defense just looking just disgusting last week against Washington. I mean, I, I don't even know if they put up any resistance against them the whole game. Uh, it's just pretty hard to have any confidence uh, in a team like that kind of is going to come out with a good effort and, and not just give the game away. They uh, I thought they were, they've been a little frisky there for a few weeks, but uh, last week really was indicative of uh, an effort of a team that is 3-12 and 12, uh, like the record is. So, um it's hard for me to to want to jump on Chicago, but at, at the same time, I I haven't trusted this Vikings team laying laying a margin here um, basically all year, let alone now when you've got to throw their motivation factor into question as well. Uh, really, really no interest in this one either way. Um, and, and then, like I said, maybe take a look at the over at 41, but uh, just based on. I think Barkley's, like you said, when he's not a total gunslinger, but when he's trying to move the ball downfield, he's either going to throw interceptions and potentially create easy points for the defense or, or score points himself. And with how terrible that Chicago defense looked last week, uh, it could be a team that the Vikings offense could get somewhat right against and, and look impressive. And then also in games when neither team's highly motivated, usually the defense is the, the side to take a hit. So... Uh, potentially look for more higher scoring games this week when well, you got offenses are still going to be clicking and it doesn't take as much effort necessarily to exert an offense to be successful and it does to to play a good sound physical uh, defensive ball game so as well, on one token of the coin i'd kind of want to look toward, more towards overs this week but uh on the other token of the coin they're pretty much all division matchups here and usually division matchups are a little bit you know it's more tightly contested the teams are more familiar with what each other do and and uh, they tend to be lower-scoring games. So as the common theme of this week, there's just a lot of conflicting variables and, and unknowns here, so it makes it difficult to have a strong opinion. But uh, on this one, I think I'd have a little bit of a lean to the over here. Uh, oh, yeah, and one other thing about that one is um, weather conditions are still a factor here across the league, and, and Minnesota obviously playing indoors. You're going to have ideal weather conditions, so that uh, wouldn't be a problem at all to potentially submarine and over at a low total here. Next game up we got is Carolina at Tampa Bay. Looks like Tampa's sitting at about a six, six-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, what do you got on this one? Yeah, this one opened four and just been constant constant bucks money. Just been four, four-and-a-half, and you know, all the way up to six. And six-and-a-half is at a few shops here, and like you said, and now it's at six at the Westgate. But I'm... Kind of confused, actually, a little bit with this. I kind of like the Carolina side if I had to take one here, because Tampa Bay, yeah, they have a they have a uh, a path to get into the playoffs, but they need so many different things to happen in order for for them to get in. They just, uh, you know, one involving a tie in Washington, I guess, is about the only way. So, it, I mean, it's virtually like they're not even going to get it there. Uh, it'd be, I think, it's got to be like a point oh one percent chance. I don't know, something really small. So. And then even with that, I think Carolina's in, in a division game like this. They looked pretty bad last week against Atlanta. If I think they'd want to come out, especially when they have a decent amount of talent, you'd think they'd want to come out and, and try to squash any chance of, of them making it to the playoffs just as a, a division foe like that. So if it got up to the full seven, which doesn't look like it's going to, but I would, I think I'm definitely being on seven, but even six, six and a half, I think Carolina here is definitely worth a look. Yeah, I could see that. Um yeah, it certainly seems like based on the line movement, uh, they're, they're thinking Tampa Bay is going to come out highly motivated. But even if they do, uh, this Panthers team has kind of been somewhat of a Jekyll and Hyde team themselves this year. So who's to say? And they basically they've been out of it for a handful of weeks now, and they still had a couple of weeks where they've had pretty good efforts. So um, 
I kind of tend to agree. It might not be a bad idea to fade this line movement, getting near a full touchdown. And and if you do get a, a whack-a-mole week where the Carolina has a good effort, uh, I think you're in really good shape to cash. And, and if you don't, uh, there's still a lot of points for potential backdoor or you know, maybe just chalk it up as a loss. But, um, yeah, that's the side I'd look towards too. And Tampa is not a team that I, I fully trust to be laying this kind of points, even if they are more motivated. So... I haven't moved on this game yet, but if it gets to a full seven, I'm almost for sure going to. And even at the current price, I'll, I'll probably have a wager on it of some some sort by the end of the week. Oh, yeah, and look at it. I want to add for was Tampa Bay minus three and a half. Okay. Uh, next game up we got here is Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Looks like Pittsburgh sitting six and a half here, pretty much across the board. What do uh, you got on this one? <laughs> No, I don't got much, but yeah, this one open, Pittsburgh minus 10, and just constant money towards Cleveland, uh, at least at Westgate, I'm looking at here, so didn't take long for that to get to get bought up, I'm talking about it in a matter of an hour, it was pretty much down to 7.5 and a half at 7, and yeah, now sitting at 6.5, so. Well, that's got to be based on them thinking that there was going to be a meaningful game for Pittsburgh, right, or, I mean, they're open yeah. outward everywhere, or? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking at, but that's the thing. It's not like I could see if it was on Sunday morning, but this is, like I said, Monday morning, and their game was already finished. So unless I guess that's with bookmakers, you're not really sure if you'd think they'd be. And I'm looking at some shops here, and, yeah, pretty much everywhere I'm looking is 10 uh, that have at least the earlier line like that. I'm looking at about 7 o'clock Pacific uh, on, the, on the on Monday the 26th, so that for the shops that did come out right away, they seems like they're having that that bigger number than the other shops that kind of tailed once the movement's kind of already been been gone, like I said. But um, you know, Pinnacle 10, five dimes 10. Um, so I don't really understand that at all. You would think that they would be wise enough to uh, understand that that they're going to be Roethlisberger's not going to be playing, just resting, and and, and I don't, a few other players too. I would assume. I'd assume Bell would be as well, but um, haven't heard for sure on that. So, I mean, they have. Looks like Bell and Brown are both doubtful from what I'm seeing. Okay, and uh, they don't have they have nothing to play for, right? From what all I can see. Yeah, we were talking about before. I don't know how it works if Houston wins and they lose in terms of the tiebreaker, but for the three and four seed, but uh, they have no chance of moving up. And I'd assume that uh, I'd assume that based on. The way they're handling this game and, and the way the, the lines, games line in, in uh, the Texans game that they probably had the three seed locked up, but that's just a guess. I'm not totally sure on that. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, you really, basically, yeah, you want to take Cleveland here after their, their, uh, heroic one win of the season so far and, or do you want to take Landry Drones lane seven? It's just, uh, I mean, I don't know. You just, uh, I think this is just a game you can't bet. Uh, I think it is kind of noteworthy that the look-ahead line that I'm seeing was Pittsburgh minus 16.5. And, and obviously that could have been uh, a lot different if they would have lost at Baltimore and, and whatever. But that's uh, obviously a pretty high line, but uh, they accounted for that and adjusted accordingly. Yeah, I'm, what I'm wondering here is with the, the look-ahead lines, I mean, if if you like Pittsburgh last week, wouldn't it have been a great bet to jump in there at Cleveland plus 16.5 and, and just bet them a week ahead of time and, and assume that there's a pretty good chance that, that, that Pittsburgh's going to win that game already last week against Baltimore, and now you're getting an extra 10 points of value? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. That's something to definitely keep in mind for next year because um, I was pretty confident Pittsburgh was going to win that game, uh, even though they didn't cover the six. Uh, that would have been a perfect example of how to make a derivative bet that's uh, a, a plus EV bet that's profitable long-term that uh, isn't necessarily an obvious one, but uh, it's definitely something to add to our repertoire of, uh, of tricks and, and financial investments here going forward into the, into the coming years. Next game up is New England at Miami. Looks like uh, New England is 9.5 here, pretty much across the board at Miami. Anything of, of note on this one? No. Uh, New England open seven and a half. There's a little, you know, decent amount of money there. Seven and a half, eight, nine. Like you said, sit at nine and a half. And look ahead. Um, New England minus six. So I'm not. 
obviously little light according to what the sports betters are and obviously with the the Miami quarterback he's not really sure who's going to be quarterback in that team right now either so um I, yeah I just very too much uh too little information here to make any the definitive decisions in my opinion yeah it looks like Miami's not hasn't quite clinched home field and if they lose this game and uh, Oakland wins it then they would have the same record and, and potentially could uh, not have the one seed, but uh, so thus the the high favorite on the road here. So it's not totally meaningless for them. So you should get a at least somewhat of an effort until they jump out to a lead, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But on the flip side, Miami has I don't think any chance to jump up uh, to the five seed. So they're uh, lined uh, appropriately here. It looks like uh, I don't know. Do you see any? Is there any uh, people sitting here? Or any notable injuries other than I think Pouncey, the center for Miami's out, and then of course Gronk and Tannehill, but they've been out for a while. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything else other than that. That's pretty much all I'm seeing on my screen. Okay, sounds good. Uh, next game up, we got that was the end of the early games. Uh, looks like there's a couple time changes. Uh, to later to afternoon games so that uh, most of these games they're trying to make them so they're playing at the same time as um, as other teams that are dependent on each other in terms of playoff seating uh, the first one of the afternoon games is the Giants at Washington looks like Washington seven and a half eight here uh, anything on this one no that's probably where it open it's eight and a little bit of you know, back and forth here on that eight, seven and a half. Um, yeah, it's just it's just tough. If you, it's just funny how these lines just seem so wacky here. If you look at this before, I mean, even the look ahead, you have Washington minus one. Just goes to show you how because the Giants should have had something to play for. Uh, it could have been the division potentially if they would have won that, you know, handled that game on Thursday like the they would have thought they would have against uh, Philadelphia but they didn't and that changed everything in, in the whole mix there in the in the east and the NFC so crazy and now Washington's in a must win they basically it's a win in their end type of thing for them for the most part the only way they don't get in if they win is if there's a tie in that Green Bay Detroit game so um yeah pretty much a winner they enter even if they do or they can tie I guess in their own game and that gets a little bit trickier so yeah pretty much a winner you're in for Washington and and then either Washington or Green Bay the loser that would be be uh, out of the playoffs so Detroit or Green Bay the loser be out of the playoffs oh, yeah sorry yeah sorry Detroit or Green Bay I don't know what I said but yeah Detroit or Green Bay and uh so yeah that's obviously what the the price is here for Washington is why it's so high and, and I don't think the Giants have anything to play for if they do not much no they're so, locked into the, the five seeds so yeah that's what I thought so they have absolutely nothing to play for and even on my screen Manning's still playing but I don't know why he would be if they don't have anything to play for but unless they just really don't want to get Washington into the playoffs but um, yeah, I mean I mean everybody's going to know that's the thing we talk about is you can't just assume all oh, Washington's at a must win their back's against the wall they need to win to get in the playoffs so I'm going to bat Washington it's like well no you can't do that because even just like I said the, the look at was Washington minus one and they've already adjusted all the way up to from one here all the way to seven and a half or eight so it's been a huge jump and in, in, in spread so it's already accounted for so if, unless you have something on top of that that the market's not accounted for but at this point I, I don't have anything I don't foresee anything's going to come up here so it's either a, a giant or pass for me but it's just like you know there's too many unknowns of who's going to be playing and, and who's going to be sitting and I don't want to be taking a team that's uh doesn't have their, their even close to a starting lineup even though you're getting that many points yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. Um, Washington's got an offense that I wouldn't mind laying a margin with if I feel like the motivation gap is really big. But at uh, the same token of the coin, their defense, I don't even know if I trust them necessarily against potential backups for the, for the Giants. So I would lay in that kind of number. So, uh, yeah, not, uh, not going to be involved in that one. The next game up here is New Orleans at Atlanta. Looks like Atlanta's sitting six and a half, seven across the board. What uh, what do you got anything on this one or no? No, not really. Opened up at six and a half. Uh, Atlanta, and that's what the look at line as well. And a little bit of money towards the the Falcons, but uh, yeah, I don't really have much on this one at all. I think uh, it's a pretty easy pass if you ask me. All right, yeah, it looks like uh, right now Atlanta's sitting in the two seed and has a, a buy, so. They should be pretty motivated to try to win because if they 
if they lose and Seattle wins, then they would uh, drop to the three seed and not have a bye next week. So you should get a pretty good effort out of Atlanta trying to get that bye. Uh, at the same time, New Orleans, you're not really sure, but they've been eliminated here for a while too and have been putting up pretty decent efforts, you know, beating Tampa last week and uh, beating Arizona and Arizona a couple weeks ago. So they've been playing fairly hard even though their season's been over for a while now. So this number feels pretty close to where it should be, sitting right around six and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Super high total at 56. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to make a note of that total, 55 and a half, 56. Yeah, it's, I mean, at the same time, I don't, I don't know if I really want to play it down or you know play it under <laughs> with this New Orleans team and, and Atlanta. They've kind of both been over machines for the most part this year, so um, now wouldn't be all that surprised. I know a couple weeks ago in that New Orleans game against uh, at Arizona, they're both in the 40s. I wouldn't be totally shocked if we saw a similar score this week, but I also don't really like playing over 56s in the NFL games either. So that's um, just kind of a tough total to really attack either way for from my perspective i would actually lean a little bit towards the under i think it's one of these games where you obviously is just way overinflated. it's just so i don't not necessarily overinflated, but uh i'd say at least a point or two just because you know the public's gonna be betting the over in these two teams but if if one of these teams gets up big or has a big gap i could see one of them either team just quitting or kind of throwing in or maybe even Atlanta if they're down by a lot they or even up by a lot they might just start benching their their, their starters to try to get into the playoffs so and that obviously have a huge uh, negative effect on the over so um, not saying I'm going to be betting it or anything but I think it's yeah, either an under or pass for sure yeah end games line this extreme to one side if there is just you know one quarter where for whatever reason they're they're not getting in the end zone or they're just putting up field goals or whatnot and they, they kind of fall off the pace, it can be really difficult to to get back to the not only the pace on this high highly lined of a game, but then also to exceed that significantly to to push a game over. So not that you know for sure there is going to be a stretch where they uh, don't put up points to keep up the, the pace for this total, but it is one of those things if you are in an over here and they happen to have, for whatever reason, you know, a 3 nothing quarter out of the blue where a couple funky things happen, it's pretty pretty difficult to overcome something like that. So that could be a deal where the pace is going to be there and you could be right from that perspective. And uh, But for whatever reason, they just have an off quarter and then it, it's just impossible to overcome that. So um, in a game where it's lined so extremely one way or the other, it basically has to to go the way you expected for all four quarters and over to cash in order to cash on the extreme side. Um, next game up we got is Arizona at LA. Not a game not really of any importance here either. Both these teams have been on it for a while. Looks like uh, Arizona is about six point favorite, six and a half at some places. Anything on this one? Yeah, Arizona open six and a half at the Westgate. Look ahead line was actually Arizona minus three and a half. And uh, like you said, Kind of sitting right there. Nothing, not a whole lot of movement. Six, six and a half. I, I mean, not a, not a game I'm looking particularly to bet. But um, if if I was looking towards one side, it'd definitely be the Rams getting this many points. But I don't won't feel very confident at all. But after Arizona's big win last week, and might be just a, a season ender there for them after a, a big big victory against their you know, Super Bowl type of game, like you kind of mentioned in other games, a Super Bowl kind of effort uh, against C- Seattle, which is kind of what I was betting on. That's plus so many points last week and got there rather easily with uh, the spread combined. So might be a little bit of a letdown uh, season-ending type of spot here for them. And I won't be surprised they came out a little bit flat, but it's just kind of hard with an L.A. team that just has so little. So, um, you know, it's either a Rams or pass for me. Yeah, so, you know, interestingly, the Rams were getting bet up pretty hard last week against uh, the Niners, and a lot of people were thinking, that, you know, somewhat of a revenge game. Uh, their their Fisher got fired two weeks ago, but it was like the day before that Thursday night game against Seattle, so they were kind of expecting the uh, coach getting fired bump to come last week, along with the revenge spot. Uh, it being at San Francisco, the only team they'd beat all year was the Rams there on opening week, so the it's the first time maybe all year the Rams have got steamed that hard. They went all the way up from three and a half to, I don't even know what it was, five and a half or so by by kickoff in a lot of places uh, against the Niners. And then, of course, got up a little bit early but then blew it and lost outright to the that garbage Niners team. So even in what should have been 
somewhat of a good spot for the Rams last week. They ended up losing outright to either the worst or second worst team in the league. So um, you would think that this could even be a little bit of a, a letdown from from last spot or you know from last week. And if they couldn't even get it done against that horrible of a team in what should have been a decent spot, uh, now if you take take make the spot much worse, even though it is a bad spot for Arizona too, uh, I don't definitely don't trust this Rams team and, and won't be involved on their side, but not a spot I want to lay six on the road with that Arizona team after they beat Seattle in Seattle last week either. So this for me is about as unattractive of a game betting wise as, uh, as I've seen just about all year. So not saying something with this card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, next game up we got is Kansas city at San Diego. It's like Kansas city sitting five, five and a half. Uh, road chalk here at San Diego. What do you got on this one? Yeah, Chiefs open four. Look ahead line was, uh, I lost it now. Chiefs reminds three, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, pretty much just a heavy stem of, of Kansas City money. And, I mean, San Diego's looked about as bad as they have all year, for sure. And as bad as they have looked in, I, I can't remember how, how, how long it's been since they looked this bad, at least since I can remember. So, Rivers doesn't look right and throwing interceptions and, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, somebody else I think it might have been Simmons he told me said it but it looks like he might have like t- some type of in- injury or something so that'll be interesting to see as the the offseason comes if something gets announced about his uh, throwing arm or, or shoulder or something along those lines I won't be surprised at all it'd be nice if they had a lineup about that but I could maybe put a little, make a little money off it but um, yeah as from a, a betting perspective from this specific game it's uh, I don't know I don't like either sides it's kind of like you said about the last game I think about a pretty easy stay away yeah the one thing about this is uh, Kansas City, with a win here, could potentially move up. Uh, they're a game back of Oakland right now. So if Oakland, we'll talk about them coming up here soon. But if Oakland loses and Kansas City wins, Kansas City would have the same record as Oakland, and they'd beat them twice. So they would move up to the two seed and, and get a bye week one or the first week of the playoffs. So I think Kansas City is going to be highly motivated to win this game. And this Chargers team, like you said, just has looked rough here for a few weeks in a row now, and, and Rivers does look injured, just doesn't have any zip on the ball, and they're just just beat up across the board. Um, and then last week losing to Cleveland, you know, who knows how they're going to react off of that that loss. But um, I think can't, uh, San Diego might have been might have been packed up here for a while. So at only five here, I think that's a a fairly reasonable price. I mean, we talked about all year how you don't really like laying points with the Chiefs, but uh, I think this could be a situation where they they just route Kansas City. Or, I mean, they route San Diego. So I actually kind of like the Chiefs here, even though it's uh, I've been very rarely laying points on the road, especially with it without a prolific offense. But um, I just think that uh, with the motivations potentially being so d- disconnected in terms of uh, not being comparative. Uh, I kind of like Kansas City here quite a bit, and then Oakland's playing at the same time, so it's not like uh, you can lay this kind of price and then have Oakland win earlier in the day so Kansas City's game's meaningless and then be laying five on the road with a team that doesn't care. Since the games are going on at the same time, you uh, you should be getting a fully motivated Kansas City team here throughout the game. So, uh, And then in a game last week, too, in which they beat Denver uh, in prime time, but they, they beat them fairly easily and were kind of, uh, you know, not coasting, but uh, they had that game pretty much in hand the whole time, so it wasn't like they're off a you know overtime, overly exerting performance in terms of energy where they might come out a little flat here. So I think I think you're going to get a really good Kansas City effort. So uh, I'm leaning that way, and I'm probably going to end up with a bet on Kansas City here by the end of the week. Uh, next game up we got is Seattle at San Francisco. Uh, Seattle sitting nine and a half right now. What uh, anything on this one? Yeah, Seattle up at minus nine. Look ahead line was Seattle minus twelve and a half, and I mean another game. There's really, really not a whole lot here I can I can add. Uh, I just a uh, very easy stay away. Yeah, Seattle could get up to the two seed if they win and Atlanta loses. They could stay at the three seed if they win and Atlanta wins, or they could stay at the uh, or they could go on to the four seed if. They lose. Uh, they will because then either Green Bay or Detroit will jump them to the three. So uh, Seattle's either going to be the two, three, or four here. So they should be motivated to try to get that by potentially, even though it's still fairly unlikely, even if they win. But 
Um, I'm not even sure with the, uh, you know, the B squad out there and not a lackluster effort, they might still be able to get by the San Francisco team straight up. But uh, nine nine and a half is obviously a different story. So I don't trust trust Seattle, even if they are motivated to cover double digits on the road with how mediocre their offense and offensive line have been. But I also, since San Francisco off a win, no thank you. Uh, even if they are getting basically double digits at home. So, yeah, no no interest in this one at all either. Uh, this NFC West to me is about the least interesting and exciting division pretty much all year for the most part. I just haven't had, had a whole lot of uh, interest in terms of betting or just really from a fan's perspective in, in this division pretty much all year long. And look at the last afternoon game we got here is Oakland at Denver. Looks like Denver's sitting about one here, one and a half across the board. What do you got on this one? Yeah, Denver opened three and a half at the Westgate. Look headline was Denver minus two, and uh, yeah, just constant Oakland money. Even with that, McGloin is as uh, quarterback now that Carr's out. I think last report I heard yesterday was six to eight weeks he's going to be out, so it should be pretty much the whole playoffs unless something really unexpected comes. So that's going to be a huge blow to that team, and they're. Obviously, they had playoff aspirations all year long and, and even Super Bowl aspirations. So they, that's a team that I don't think I would have picked them by any means to get there, but I wouldn't have been totally shocked either because they've been pretty much competitive in every game they've played and, uh, and and looked halfway decent even though they got a lot of really close wins and all that stuff. But um, they were you know, looking pretty dangerous coming down the you know, at the start of the season and then even come down the stretch now. They they were looking like they could have been a team that you know, has an outside chance to, to make it there. But now it's pretty tough to say that without Carr because Carr is kind of the, the glue in that offense. And without him, it'll be really interesting to see how they play. Um, and this is um, – so, I mean, with this game and I, with the playoffs and they could have – you know, could beat New England there to get first overall if, if they happen to win and, and New England loses, I think you said. So – Obviously, can have the effort, but it will be kind of interesting because you know they're going to be trying to do everything they can to. It'll basically be like a, you know, a practice type of you know, trying to get some reps to McGloin, McGloin in a real life situation, especially against a good Denver defense. And obviously, Denver has nothing to play for. Lynch will be quarterbacking for them, so it'll be uh, you know, even if they didn't have to play for to the first seed, they still are going to be trying to, you know, getting some stuff in to get the offense. In, in shape for the playoffs and doing as best they can to, to make a run. So the heavy, for sure, 100% uh, peak motivation, I would, I would assume. So obviously that's where I think the money's coming from. And even even though they got the McGloin as, as a quarterback, uh, it, it'd be an Oakland or pass for me, I think, even though this is already kind of getting uh, getting bet down a lot and missed, uh, missed the best of it. Yeah, and even more likely than them getting the number one seed is them dropping down to the, the five seed here. So because um, Miami is nine and a half point favorite, so I think they'll they'll probably win, you know, more than likely. And uh, so that the one seed might be unrealistic, but uh, Kansas City, they're being five and a half point five point favorites on the road. They're somewhat likely to win their game, so um, they're, Oakland's going to have to try to win to keep pace here and, and keep the two seed. So based on the fact that they're either going to be the division winner and the second seed and get a bye week one or they're going to drop down all the way to the five seed and have to play a road playoff game in the first week that's uh not not too desirable of a spot and then not only that um if they drop down to the five seed they'd probably go to houston and play them and then if they get by them uh they'd most likely go and play new england at new england round two so it's and then they'd have to potentially go back and play kansas city a team that they've lost to twice in Kansas City, uh, if they did happen to get by New England, so that sounds like about as undesirable path as you could imagine. So I think they'll be pretty motivated here to try to win and and likely keep pace with Kansas City and, and keep that two seed and, and rest their guys here for a week. So um, you're going to get a pretty good effort from Oakland, I'd assume, and um, Denver. Uh, yeah, the, their uh, playoffs officially being uh, done here last week. Um, not sure what kind of effort you're going to get from them. Not really a big Paxson Lynch guy. and So, yeah, see their Oakland or pass for me as well. Uh, not sure if I totally trust McGloin or the Oakland squad in general to, to necessarily win the game outright, which is basically where the, the game's lined at, but that's the only way I can really look here. So, The last game we got up is the Sunday Nighter for the NFC North division crown here. Looks like uh, Green Bay 
sitting three with Juice or three and a half at Detroit. Anything on this one? Yeah, the Westgate open three flat, and uh, the lookout was actually Green Bay minus one. So just uh, and they didn't really get bet. They just kind of opened up at that because you can kind of see that Green Bay money was going to come in uh, just from just from the way both these teams are playing. Pretty much, I think uh, a lot of people are going to be on Green Bay. It's hard to imagine that everybody, all the public's not going to hop right back on that bandwagon. Even when I'm looking at it right now, it looks like 95% of the money from the the public is uh, on Green Bay, which doesn't surprise me. So, uh, you know, so like you said, sitting at three and a few three and a half at some uh, some more square books. So I don't know. I liked Detroit last week, having the ass pick of the week, and I felt pretty good about it towards uh, right before halftime there, and they were up seven, 21 to 14, and then they ended up not scoring the rest of the half, not scoring the rest of the second half. And then uh, losing, you know, 42 to 21 there. So, um, you know, losing by more than 20 points and not scoring at all in the second half. Just some few red flags there at Detroit, and I um, liked them the last couple of weeks. But this is a, I just don't know if I could bet them again here, even though they're at home getting three and a half. It's, I think this will either be a close game or it's just going to be a blowout. So, um, it's, uh, pretty ballsy call there. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I meant a blowout in Green Bay's fashion. I guess yeah, my point is I, I don't see you. Detroit. I don't see a Detroit blow-up by any means here. And obviously I could be wrong, but it just doesn't seem like that's in the equation. So if you're going to be uh, getting this many points, it's almost like, um, you know, they try to, it'll be close and yeah, that might not be a bad idea. But I think uh, I'd, even though it's a public side and um, it's kind of already moved up to a, a three, three and a half, if you get a flat three, I think I'd have to lean to Green Bay, just ride the, the steam that they're on and, I don't think I'll get there on the on the on the, to, um, on the spread, but on the total, I I think I might uh, take a little shot there again and sit at 47 and a half, 48. Um, I I think the only way I could look again is over, and uh, I feel like some money's going to come in here again on the over. The Detroit game, that Monday night game last night, got steamed up. The total I got a 44 in my pocket, or 43 and a half in my pocket, and that got steamed all the way up to about 47. So. Uh, maybe even 47 and a half, so it's just, uh, I won't be surprised. And obviously Green Bay's an over team, and then Detroit, uh, their defense looked pretty shaky against that Dallas offense, and and then Detroit obviously can move the ball and score some points. So, um, you know, already pretty much a high total, but in a division game, but that's already accounted for on the line I, from my perspective. So I feel like uh, if you get a 47 and a half, it might be worth a little look in the over. Yeah, my one hesitation with that over would be most of these games we talked about, the, the motivation's highly in question, and it'll be some pretty, you know, kind of la-di-da, go-through-the-motions efforts, which usually result in points, where in this one should be more of a playoff-type atmosphere, just basically because it is, it is a playoff, essentially. <laughs> and uh, so in those type of games, it's it's hard to, to, to look at fairly high totals like this and go over, but I do agree that, um, you know, mechanically in this game, these... Two teams match up in what should be an over spot here, um, so I'd, I I do agree that if this were an average game on a you know week eight, I would like the over quite a bit here. But that would be the one piece that would give me a little bit of a pause. But I can see I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, in terms of the side, um, gonna make a pretty ballsy statement here too. But I think Green Bay is a better team, <laughs> just like you know 99% of the public players in the world would say i i think green bay is gonna win the game i don't really i hate laying three and a half and not sure if i totally do that but i don't have a whole lot of problem with laying three with a little juice here maybe before because i don't think they're gonna it's not gonna go down at all so um if if you got it right out open at three even money or i mean three you know flat 110 i think that's a pretty good bet or uh even if you had to pay a little extra juice I think that three could be huge, though, because it, it could potentially be a close game. But I, I agree with you that I think the two ways this game goes are it's kind of a close a close game, which I still think Green Bay is likely going to win it, or I think Green Bay blows them out. So um, I like the, like the Green Bay side of it. It's just too bad that uh, obviously the books are going to open it up, up in this price range because they knew they were going to get flooded with Green Bay money, which isn't surprising at all. And uh, these are the type of games that don't want to go crazy on um you know uh, these are the type of type of games that uh your average square will be parlaying and putting way more money than they should and and you know weird stranger things have happened so wouldn't surprise me at all if green bay just wins the game by three or 
you know, or something funky happens and uh, it doesn't quite work out. But I do uh, do like the Green Bay side here a little bit. So that uh, that concludes the week 17 card here. Pretty pretty horrible from a betting opportunity standpoint, as uh, you may have picked up by now with how little uh, strong feelings both of us had here throughout. But uh, anyway, let's do a quick little, uh, just a short concept corner here on uh, mainly on the motivation that you've already been talking about. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right, so... For the concept corner, it's basically uh, the, the concept. I know we talked quite a bit here recently in, in the last couple of weeks when it comes down to the end of an NFL season. It's just how motivated these teams are going to be. And one way you can use that to your advantage is by doing correlated parlays. And an example of what I mean is, um, say we talked about it before with the Kansas City against San Diego and Oakland against Denver. Um, I guess those, I mean, those are at the, uh, at the same time. So that's not, uh, a perfect example, but if there are games and that, um, they're, they're split up in terms of what times the games are being played, like, uh, last week, for instance, the, uh, Tennessee against Jacksonville, I know some people that bet Jacksonville on the money line also parlay that with Houston. And their money line, based on the fact that if Jacksonville beat Tennessee outright, then Houston's game goes from it basically being meaningless for them to Houston winning and winning the division. So a Houston team is going to be much more motivated to win the game if Jacksonville wins their game outright. So basically, you can gain some value in, in the betting market because once Jacksonville did beat Tennessee and Tennessee um allowed Houston the opportunity to win the division with a win. That Houston line jumped up, like we said, from pick or minus one all the way up to minus three. So by um, and then by parlaying those together, since they were at different times, you could uh, decide if you wanted to let the second part of that ride at a better number for more added value, or you could buy Houston back uh, or Cincinnati back against Houston for part of that parlay bet. And then, uh, in that case, have a little bit of a middle window or a, a push uh, win window. And in that case, you would have actually got both sides of it, which could have end resulted in a huge payoff. So that's just a little something to look at here. An example would be if either the Kansas City and San Diego game or the Oakland-Denver game, if one of those was earlier or later, you could uh, parlay, say, Kansas City money line to uh, an Oakland money line, figuring if Kansas City win, wins an earlier game, uh, Oakland's going to be extra motivated to, to keep pace. Or the flip side would be if you think San Diego is going to win, then uh, you could correlate that to Denver because uh, then basically Oakland would be pretty much locked into their seed and uh, Denver and Oakland wouldn't be motivated at all. So then Denver would be relatively better off and, and a cheap price in the market if you take away Oakland's motivation factor. But like I said, in, in terms of this case, since the games are at the same time, uh, that's, you can't really do that because the, the teams aren't going to uh, be aware of the other team's result. But it, it could potentially come into play a little bit if, say, Kansas City was blowing out San Diego at halftime and Oakland was scoreboard watching. Um, it could potentially come into play a little bit, but much less likely than if the games were split up time-wise. You got any add on that, Rob, or, or no? Yeah, not really. I think it's a, a good uh, good way to break it down for people to understand. You know the, that that correlated stuff, the parlays, and or what any way you look at it. Not even just a parlay, but any way you want to angle it to try to squeak out any extra values. Obviously, it could be very profitable long term. So try to. You know, look outside the box a little bit is always always good for things like this to try to you know outsmart the the bookmakers or, or at least angle them a little bit to to get a little bit of a, a little bit of the juice in your favor if you will yep for sure so anyway let's finish up the podcast here with uh the as picks of the week the as pick of the week all right so uh got another one what's that hard to stop that moving train <laughs> yeah seven seven i don't know is it eight weeks in a row now uh, but uh, yeah, I'm up to ten, three, and one now. My picks of the week. Hopefully, 
hopefully there's at least one person out there that's been banging my pick every week after week and and uh had a pretty nice christmas i'd assume there probably uh not only enough presents under the tree to, to cover that up, but it's probably had to spill out and uh, blocking the walkways around it. Um, you, on the other hand, wasn't uh, hasn't been quite as good here lately, but uh, it's like you're back to seven and seven and now on the season. So you got to finish off the regular season here strong with the wind. At least get yourself back in the in the black there, and I'll uh, try to keep her going here. But uh, <laughs> as we talked about, this card really isn't uh, a thing of beauty, that's for sure. Um, as uh, I really don't, I don't have, I haven't made a single bet yet this week, which is very rare for me. Um, I think the way I am going to look at this though is, uh, I think I'm going to have to take this is the first time I think I've done this all year. I'm going to take some road chalk of more than a field goal for the pick of the week. I'm going to take Kansas City, who looks like. Five and a half is probably the prevailing number, so I think I'm going to go that direction. Where are you looking at? <clears throat> Interesting, yeah. It's a really tough card, as we've already said multiple times, so we don't have to belabor that point. But um, I guess going through this card, I've, I've made a bet either, which is that's the first time all year I haven't had at least one bet in by the time of the recording of the podcast. So and I might not even have that many bets, if any, by the end of the week. So something to be aware of, but just from going over the card here and Dissecting a little bit uh, from further what I've already done this week, I think uh, one game stands out more than any other ones. Not that I love it, but uh, I already mentioned it earlier. But I think uh, I'll do Cincinnati minus two and a half at home there against Baltimore. All right, so there they are. I got Kansas City minus five and a half at San Diego, and you got Baltimore minus two and a half. I mean, Cincy minus two and a half hosting Baltimore. So. Those are our picks of the week here for week 17. Like I said, we'll be back next week breaking down uh, what happened here in the final week, which um, there probably won't be a whole lot to talk about, but at least we'll get a breakdown the uh, playoff matches here for the wild card round next weekend and uh, a little bit about uh, how the seeding all shook out and what uh, if it's maybe to take a little look and see if there's any potential uh, future value or or interesting scenarios that are, are going to be potentially playing out here throughout the rest of the playoffs. So it was uh, good doing uh, the pod with you here, both uh, both back home, Rob, and uh, that's about all we got for this week. So is there anything you'd like to throw in here at the end of the pod? No, nothing, uh, nothing football-related. Just kind of got a team, obviously, card here. won't be too entertaining, one of the least entertaining weekends of football, but... At least that Detroit Green Bay game should be pretty exciting. About the only game that really matters uh, from a who's going to be in the playoffs or not perspective. But other than that, yes, yeah, everyone have a, a safe and happy New Year. And thanks for listening as always. And, and check out our own sports for anything else. And you know, keep track of all your plays and get some systems in place and see if you can start making some money yourself. All right, that sounds good. Well, good luck everyone as you're uh, nursing those New Year's hangovers. With uh, hopefully this uh, slate will. Treat you well next week, Rob, and, and good luck everyone out there. Yeah, like you said, have a safe and happy new year, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 